Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. I've got a wonderful show in store for you with an amazing returning guest. Actually, uh, Natalie, I think I may have had her on the show more times than just about any other returning guest. And she's amazing. And you'll see all about that shortly. Um, uh, She's a wonderful financial expert. So we're going to be talking all about money today. All right. But first, of course, we have to have start off with our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham to kick us off. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe. It takes a really special person, someone quite extraordinary, to find true happiness in the lap of luxury surrounded by wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, and choices, choices, choices. And funnily enough, it's usually the exact same kind of person who can be happy without all that, spending time alone, maybe with a book or some tools or a dog for the odd distraction. Get my drift, the universe. Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Um, A rather apropos one, I think, today reminding us that while having, you know, all of our heart's desires, all the material possessions, the the home, the car, the the partner, the the friends, the the community around us, um, while those things may light up our heart and, and bring us joy and happiness, Joy and happiness are things that come from, that are generated from inside of us. And so when we realize that actually we can be happy regardless of our external circumstances, then it doesn't quite matter as much how big our bank account is. Now, look, I'm not saying that it's fun to be poor. Absolutely not. But somehow what I've seen, and maybe when I bring Natalie on, uh, she'll uh, 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 have her own point of view on this, that sometimes the people who are wealthy and happy, it's because they're almost in a way detached from their wealth. They they, uh, honor their wealth. They uh, manage their wealth. They're cognizant of it. They're conscious of it. But they don't let it rule their life. And and that there are many wealthy people out there who do, and somehow they just don't, to me, seem as happy and as joyful with their lives. Now, absolutely, you know, having access to resources, having uh, the home you desire and having the resources to do what you want to do, of course, that brings us tremendous freedom and that freedom brings us a lot of joy. But the most important freedom, I would say, is the one up here, is the one between our ears, that when we're free to choose how we desire to show up in the world, to choose whether we're happy, joyful, or or maybe we're going through a difficult time and we're sad, but we're conscious of these choices and we know what we're doing, that then really that is the greatest wealth, having and the the, the presence of mind and the control to understand where we are inside, not just where we are outside. So I think it's a great quote, very apropos for today's show. 
Uh, let's see what Abraham has to say today. You have the power to evoke from others the relationships that you desire, but you cannot get to a new and improved situation by giving your attention to the current situation. The universe and all physical and non-physical players in it is responding to the vibrations that you are offering. And there is no distinction made between the vibrations that you offer as you observe and the vibrations that you offer as you imagine. If you will simply imagine your life as you want it to be, all cooperative components will be summoned. And even more important, all components that are summoned will cooperate. It is law. The experience that you have with others is about what you evoke from them. Abraham. Hmm. Really juicy quote from Abraham. And this one really all about, I mean, again, our focus, what we're choosing to focus on. And that has a lot to do with how we feel. Um, but it's also, I think, really trying to get us to understand that when we're really, truly focusing on what we want to create in the world, what we want to bring to the world, that that is the energy we're giving off. That's the, the vibration, the frequency. And when we're so in tune, when we're so, as Abraham would say, in the vortex, uh, about what we want to create, that is what brings all of these different things to it. So that is what allows us to really create the situations. Now, it may not happen overnight, but it's definitely, again, about being aware and cognizant of how we're showing up and of our energy, whether it's around, again, relationships, money, finances, community, situations, it's all about how we decide to show up. You know, and, and as many of you know who listen in, I always say that, look, we have no control over what happens to us in the world, but we do have control over how we choose to respond to it. And this is, I think, particularly highlighted in today's situation where we actually have no control over this pandemic, over what's going on around us but we do have control over how we choose to respond to it in many different ways, in, in how we take care of ourselves, in, in, how we, in the choices we make, whether we contribute to the health and well-being of ourselves, our family, and everyone else on the planet, or do we choose to not think about others and show up in a different way? And I just find it you know, fascinating how in places where people have sort of taken the situation very seriously and, and have really been very strict with themselves. Like those are the places where things aren't as bad, but in the places where people aren't taking it as seriously, or maybe they think it's a hoax, or maybe they just don't believe the government anymore. They don't believe what they're hearing in the media. So they're just doing their own thing. Like those are the places where things are not as good. So just something to consider. I don't like getting political, but uh, uh, I do want to make that point. And so now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show financial literacy expert, Natalie Wynn Pace. Natalie is an advocate for sustainability, financial literacy, and women's empowerment. 
She is the co-creator of the Earth Gratitude Project and the author of the Amazon bestsellers, The ABCs of Money for College, The Gratitude Game, The ABCs of Money, and Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, also known as You Versus Wall Street. She has been ranked as the number one stock picker above over 835 A-list pundits by an independent tracking agency. The ABCs of money remained at, at or near the number one investing basics ebook on Amazon for over three years with over 120,000 downloads and uh, an average or a mean of five-star ranking. The third edition of the ABCs of money was released just this year. And it is my pleasure to welcome Natalie to the show today. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me again. Again. Well, my pleasure. And actually, you know, this time I have to say, I have really an even deeper appreciation because since the last <laughs> time I've had you on your show, I've actually taken your boot camp and I've gone over all the stuff with my wife and we've changed some of the things that we were doing. And so now I, I understand a lot more about what you're about and what you're trying to do for people. So I really uh, feel good about bringing you back on the show, especially at this time, because I think there's a lot of confusion today about what people should be doing in regards to their finances, in regards to, you know, their money and, and, and whether they're have a job, don't have a job, should they, should they get, if they have a business, should they get these government loans or not get these government loans? So we're going to delve into all of that stuff today on the show. Okay, Natalie? I'm ready. I'm ready. Actually, I think that it's good since you start off with such a spiritual bent and, you know, I did write, put your money where your heart is. I think what's really probably the most fundamental thing for conscious creatives to understand is that in order for us to have our spiritual alignment towards prosperity, we have to have our mortal alignment there as well. So um, I liken it like, um, you know, if you prayed every day that you're not a heroin addict, but every morning you still, you, you woke up and the first thing you did was shoot up, then you, your mortal alignment is out, uh, out, of, out of tune. And right. it's really difficult to pray your way out of that situation because you're causing it. So right. in order for you to have prosperity consciousness, you do have to learn the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school. Your yes. life and your lifestyle do have to be in alignment. Otherwise, every morning when you wake up, if you're getting calls from the debt collector, or you're worried about losing your home, or you don't know um, if your children are going to be able to go to college, then you are freaked out. You can't avoid the kind of stress that happens when your life is not set up properly. And it's really easy for your life to not be set up properly. Um, so a lot of us avoid it and we say, oh, someone else is handling that for me or, you know, right. I'm, I'm good or I'm, you know, whatever, whatever uh, story you tell yourself to try to align the prosperity consciousness. But I will tell you, prosperity consciousness becomes much more easy when you have the Thrive budget in place, when you know that your retirement is protected, when you know that you can afford your home, and when you have an actual college plan for your children, that's not going to get them out on the other side with unsustainable college loan debt. And the statistics are 
so high on debt and consumer debt of all shapes and sizes, um, real estate prices high, stock prices high. So the, the statistics are that most of us need to take a very serious look at this and make adjustments. Now, the last thing I want to say before we dive into the, the you know, how-tos is that um, making the adjustments is easier than you think. Mm. And the truth of the adjustments that you need to make are found outside of the mainstream thinking. So if you think, oh, I'm frugal, I cut out cafe lattes, I don't eat avocado toast in restaurants, and (laughs) therefore uh, my budget's good. No, it's sorry. That's not the way it is. I mean, that can save you hundreds. But the reason most people are out of alignment with their budget is that the big ticket items have gone astronomically expensive and their wages have basically been the same for 30 years. So what do you do in that situation? Well, there are solutions and they aren't always ones that are going to require you to do without. They're actually smarter choices. So you can save thousands annually with smarter choices. Absolutely. And, and I love what you're saying because it's all about really taking responsibility for our financial lives. And I agree with you that, you know, there's so many of these basic life skills that we're never taught as children that, you know, the basics about, you know, dealing with, with bank accounts and banks and investing and just, just on a very broad, I'm not even talking about detail, but just on a very broad, broad general basis that we all should know as we come into the world, because by the time we graduate college, and, and I know nowadays more people are staying with their parents after college, but you know, back when I graduated, everybody was like, I'm out of, I'm out of my parents' house. And, and there are just certain basic things that we're never taught that if we were just, at least today, you know, it's okay. Look, we don't need to beat ourselves up, right, for what we've done in the past. But if we take responsibility starting today, yes. moving forward, then we can go out, get educated, which is what you're all about, financial literacy, and empower ourselves about, you know, what do we need to do? And, and that to me, and it was interesting, I was talking to my wife after I took your book, boot camp, and, and she's asked me, she's like, how do you feel about, you know, all this information and what we got and everything else? And I go, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, doesn't it feel empowering that, like, we know we have so much knowledge? <laughs> and I go, yeah, you know what? You're right. And so I, I really, like, and, and that's what I am all about is empowering people just to make better yes. choices in all aspects of their life. And look, I don't care how spiritual you are. Like you said, you can't meditate your way uh, out of a financial mess. You need to be conscious about yeah your financial situation. And so that's why we're doing this show today. So, so Natalie, let's take a quick break. Um, so that this way, when we come back, we're going to dive right into some of the basic how-tos and, and really help to support our audience into possibly making some better choices and understanding that they actually do have more power in their hands than they realize. Okay. Much more, much more much more. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after this.
and welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with financial literacy expert and author of the book, The ABCs of Money, Natalie Pace. Um, so, Natalie, we, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, the importance of empowering ourselves, of educating ourselves, of how to make better choices. And especially today in this environment, it's more important than ever. And as you mentioned, and this is something, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I've been hearing about the looming credit card debt bubble that's about to burst for a few years now. I'm actually surprised that it really hasn't hit us in a big way. So, you know, what can people do these days to lower, let's start with like lowering the debt and then later on we'll get into like investing money more wisely. Okay, so let, we're talking about credit card debt in specific. Um, I think I'm going to give you four things that we're going to talk about, and then we'll go back to credit card debt. So I want to give okay. you four things that I want you to take away from this time. Number one, you got to right-size your budget, and you need to conserve mm-hmm. capital. Right. Number two, you need to make sure that you can afford your home, and you need to do an equity check. You want to make sure, especially if you purchased your home in the last two or three years, that you're not going to be in trouble if the markets for, if the real estate prices start to go down. Number three, you want to diversify and protect your retirement plans. And number four, don't drain your retirement plans mm-hmm. to pay down debt that is unsustainable. So it has to be part of a a comprehensive plan. So when we go back to credit card debt now, what a lot of people are doing, especially if they're in trouble, is they're taking money from their retirement plans to try to keep their life exactly the way it is. And Uh that is an unsustainable plan. So the truth is, if you have a credit card debt, what it's telling you is you have a budgeting problem. So you are living above your means. So every part of the most important part of a credit card solution is to right size your budget. And that's going to require brave choices. So the thrive budget is something that you can do for yourself. I have a free web app, go to nataliepace.com. There's a badge right on the homepage and you can mock up your free, um, your personalized thrive budget right then and there with one question. So it takes one click to do it. Now, what the Thrive Budget is centered on is the idea that you need to spend 50% of your income on surviving and 50% on thriving. So 10% going to retirement accounts, 10% to charity, 10% to education, and 20% so you can double your fund budget because that it creates endorphins. Endorphins create health. Health is a really expensive thing if you don't have it, both in terms of insurance and healthcare costs and the inability to work. So all of these things work together. Now, how do you get a a right-sized budget if your expenses are taking up more than 50% of your income. Well, there are many ways to solve that problem. Uh, inter- you know, what we used to say, oh, you know, millennials are graduating from college and then moving back home with their parents. Well, guess what? It's now called intergenerational housing. And it's not just the kids <laughs> that are living with the parents. It's the, it's the elders as well. And the interesting thing about that is that having each family member live in their own tiny space and making the landlord rich is actually costing the family a lot of money. So that might, I'm not saying it is absolutely the solution, but I'm saying that might be this part of the solution is intergenerational housing. If you're spending less on housing, if you're, you can also, if you live in a sunny state, you can do solar. 
so that you stop making the electric company rich. Um, now that we're all working from home, do you really need two or three cars? Right. Uh, the average person spends $7,500 per year on a car when you add up everything, the car payment, the car insurance, the gasoline, the maintenance, and all of that. So there are ways that you can really right-size your budget, still have a great life, and perhaps it's going to look very different. But when you have more money to pay your bills and you're not uh, putting food on credit cards, that is going to relieve a lot of stress in your life. And, um, and absolutely do not drain your uh, bank account and right. your, especially retirement account to stay in a home you can't afford or to pay off credit cards. You gotta, there's an entire section on debt in the ABCs of money. You got to read it so that you can be informed if you're just getting your pay, you know, how you can pay down debt plan from the credit card company that you owe money to, yeah. well, they are giving you a plan that makes them rich at your expense. Exactly. And it's not necessarily the best plan for you. So right. you need to know your um, alternatives. And again, right-sizing the budget is as a priority one. Don't drain your own retirement accounts is priority two. And, um, and then, you know, figuring out how you're going to pay down this debt by not uh, adding to it anymore because you've right-sized your budget is going to go a long way as well. And, and I love what you're saying about right-sizing your budget, but still always budgeting something for fun because one of the things that I find tend to be one of the biggest obstacles or blocks to people like really budgeting themselves is they're like, oh, when I budget myself and I don't have any money to do anything fun and it's like, why am I living? There's no point to it. And, and we kind of talk ourselves out of doing the very things that are actually going to support us. But by, but by actually budgeting and saying, okay, look, you know, I may not have a huge budget for fun, but at least I have this percentage or this much money and I can accumulate it over time if I really want to do some big fun stuff. But then at least then you know, like, hey, it, it, it's not all work and no play. At least we're able to still enjoy our life. And actually, as what you're saying is by taking sort of responsibility and really looking at how much we're spending versus, you know, what's going out versus what's coming in and, and adjusting things so it makes more sense, we actually empower and enable ourselves to have more fun, to be able to enjoy our life a little bit more. Yeah, you cannot thrive if you're struggling to survive and buried alive in bills. So if you feel like you can't afford fun, that's a big red flag that your budget is out of whack. And there are ways to get the budget in whack. If you just say, oh, you know, life's too expensive and blah, 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 then of course you're going to stay in this rut. But that's, I always think that's like someone that falls in a mud puddle and they sit there and they kind of splash more mud on their face and go, look how much mud I have on my face. You know, like get up, wash yourself off, look at the uh, possible solutions, get brave. And that's going to uh, equate to a brand new life. I am living proof of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I do know people who have done exactly what you've said in order to, um, change their lifestyle around. Like I have one friend who actually, I, I believe if he hasn't already closed on his house, he sold his house um, because he had been underwater for a while, but now property values where he was went up enough that he could actually sell his house for enough money, pay off his mortgage, pay off his credit card debts, which for various reasons he has credit card debts, 
And he's actually wants a different lifestyle. He's decided that he wants to be a little bit more of a nomad. He's going to get like a RV or something where he can be mobile and drive around and do his work from wherever. So he, he made the choice and it might not be a choice for everybody. I'm just using this as an example that he, or even forever for him. (laughs) Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. After like five, 10 years, he may decide, you know what? I've had enough of this, you know, nomadic lifestyle. I want to, do this though he said ultimately he wants to get a boat and just sail down to the caribbean and live on an island but we'll see if he makes it (laughs) if he's listening i'm in big trouble now because you know he knows who i'm talking about but but it's just the point is is that you know we can make some tough if we can give ourselves some financial boundaries around what we're doing maybe and especially now in some ways it's easier than ever before i mean i'm talking to a lot of people you know, we're not eating out as much as we used to. We're not traveling like we're used to. There's a lot of things that we used to spend money on that we actually haven't been able to spend money on for the last few months. And that while now things are opening up and we're starting to go back out, we can actually make some intelligent choices that serve us, as you said, instead of serving the credit card companies, the financial institutions and everybody else who's making a lot of money off of our bills. Yeah. And, and again, I'm, you know, I'm glad that we have a, a, a solid financial structure and that people can start businesses and get money and buy houses and all that. But I want to go also to your friend who's been underwater for the past 10 years and finally got extricated. That's a big red flag. And that's one of the things on our checklist is not only do you want to look at can you afford your home, you want to do an equity check on your home because people are tempted because interest rates are so low and their monthly payment might appear to be low to getting into buying real estate now at an all-time high. And that can be a very perilous situation, even if you think you're going to live there for 30 years. Because if the value of the home goes down, that's one of the biggest hits to your credit score. But also, just like your friend experienced, you're stuck there that your options become very limited when you owe more than the value of your home because no one can buy it from you because they, you know, they, they can't pay off. You can't pay off the mortgage unless you decide to write an extra large check. Um, That means your career advancement might be limited. What if all of a sudden you got this great job in another city um, and you couldn't rent out your own home for even to cover the costs of it. So I want everybody who is thinking of buying a house or has purchased a home in the past two or three years to do an equity check. And in fact, there's a brand new blog on my website that you can read about that. So it said specifically, are you feeling equity rich? Well, let's go through the analysis to make sure that feeling is not fleeting, because I will tell you, it is hard and devastating to live in an underwater asset like a home for a decade. And that's probably why your friend wants freedom. He's going to get a sobering, um, he's going to learn something about, about RV life, which is that that uh, cost of gasoline is really a drain as well. So um, he may find that that's, you know, I, I would strongly say to your friend, rent an RV for 60 days first, right? just so that you know, that's the right choice for you. Yeah, actually, it's a very good good idea because whenever we try something new that's so all-encompassing, like a lifestyle yes. choice like that, if you've never done it before, you, you, like you say, there always could be little things that all of a sudden, once you're in it, it's too late to get out of it that you realize, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so it's always a wise thing to, to, to kind of check in with that. 
Um, okay, uh, it's time for us to take another quick break. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of the current situation and, and what people can do who perhaps, they, you know, are, t are they on unemployment? Are they furloughed? Because there's so many people now and sort of, uh, and, and maybe, you know, towards the end of the show, we can do a little prognostication about maybe where things are going because I know you have a very certain uh, view of sort of the financial industry in general. And I think it's good to sort of, have a, an alternative view that mo than most people are exposed to just so that they can be prepared depending on, on what happens, okay? Sounds good. All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Natalie Winpace, a financial literacy expert, about how to be more conscious, especially in these times uh, with our finances, with our money, um, so that we can really thrive in the long run. Um, and, and Natalie, I'd like to talk about now uh, uh, kind of sort of the financial environment that we're in at the moment, but I would like to like divide it up into sort of three segments, and that's uh, you know, in terms of if you're an employee, um, if you're a business owner, or if you're retired, because those are three very sort of uh, different people who have very different needs and, and different concerns. So let's just start, like, if you're an employee, whether you're employed at the moment or unemployed, um, what kinds of things do you think uh, uh, people who are employees really need to consider at the moment? Well, I think in general, all those, uh, all those areas, we have to consider how reliable our income is and protect our wells. So it's, it's kind of the same, but it's going to look different slightly. So um, like a lot of employees are not paying attention to their 401k or their retirement accounts. And they may not be, especially if they're younger than 30 or even mid 30s, they may not be aware of the price of the last recession, which is that most people lost more than half in their retirement. They may not be aware that you can take um, easy actions to protect your wealth better and that knowing what a healthy nest egg looks like is a part of your job. In fact, for a lot of people, if they lose more than half of their retirement, that's more money than they earn in a year. So it should be a priority. And speaking more to uh, kind of when we started this, you said, hey, you know, you have more power than you realize. Well, the truth is you are the boss of your money. If you That's relinquish cool. that power to somebody else and they lose your money, it's your money that gets lost. And it's very hard to try to sue to get your money back. So whether yeah. you are managing your own money or, or um, checking boxes blindly in your 401k or retired and, and relying upon somebody else to manage your money or hoping and praying that you have it properly diversified – or a small business owner who may not be contributing enough to your own retirement and doesn't see a way to do that, this is priority one. So in the Thrive Budget, the first thing you do, no matter whether you employ yourself or somebody else employs you or you're retired, is you want to be putting 10% of your income into a tax-protected retirement account and you have to know what a diversified plan looks like. Again, this is all easy as a pie chart. An easy pie chart strategy 
earned gains in the last two recessions when most people lost more than half. So it's not difficult. Uh, the reason that many financial advisors don't use this is that the system was set up on buy and hold, which worked great last century. But that uh, strategy has not worked at all in the 21st century, whereas modern portfolio theory with annual rebalancing, i.e. my easiest of pie chart nesting strategies, have worked brilliantly. So again, it's the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school. And no matter who employs you or where your money comes from, protect your wealth. Right. And it's really important to understand that if we just turn over our financial situation to a financial planner, you know, they're goals. Now, again, I'm not, I don't want to diss all financial planners out there, but you know, they're also like salespeople, right? They, they need to make money. So they are hired as salespeople. They are hired as salespeople. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. Like if you read the job description for, you know, financial advisors who work for these major brokerages, the, the job description very clearly is sales. Right, exactly. And so if we, educate ourselves that it actually is possible. I think sometimes people get intimidated by all the different investment choices and what should I do? But actually, if you educate yourself, you can be empowered to, to be your own portfolio manager without having to be a day trader, without having to look at the computer every single day, but just kind of checking in and being a little more responsible and that you can actually have a lot more power over your own financial well-being as opposed to just giving it over to somebody else. And can I say how easy it is, guys? On my website, at that free web app, you can create your own personalized pie chart by answering three questions. And it's basically 10 slices and how do you keep enough safe? So it's not difficult. A lot of people, even when you start thinking of reading books or blah, 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 you can personalize your own diversified and protected pie chart in about five minutes. Now, of course, you do want to know why you're doing that, but perhaps the biggest reason why you're doing that is it works and buy and hope doesn't work. So why not use a plan that works and is time proven in the 21st century rather than one that worked great in the 20th century or worked pretty well in the 20th century, but hasn't worked at all in the 21st century. Right. And, and, and I just want people to understand that, you know, Natalie is very tuned into what's going on in the world today and, and behind sort of the, the rhetoric that the, the finances and the political people are saying, because I remember back in, was it February or March, you said that, like, we're in a recession. Before anyone else said it, you were saying, we are in a recession, but you're not going to hear about it in the mainstream media because it takes at least two quarters of negative growth to call it a recession. And and now it, some of the things I'm starting to hear is it's, it, it's a recession on the order of magnitude, potentially, of the Great Depression. Yeah. And... Um... Thank you. Yes, I read data statistics. I've been studying this for 20 years. Nobel Prize winning economist wrote the forward to my first book. I'm a MacArthur genius, wrote the uh, forward to the ABCs of Money for College. I'm blessed to have these, um, these very, very bright uh, people that like hitting the ball over the net with me. So when I am confused about something, that's who I call. Hey, what do you think about this? Sometimes I have them on a show. But the, the interesting thing is that, you know, you said I was saying that in February where you're right, I was, and they have identified the high, so the beginning of the recession, 
it has been identified as February 19th of 2020. And that was announced in June. So yeah, we knew it. And by the way, it wasn't just me that know that knew that then. And I do understand the politicians job. Their job is to try to keep us optimistic. Their job is to keep us to try to keep the economic engine rolling. But I think as an individual, your job also is to understand the risks of buying high, the risks of not properly diversifying, the risks of um, you know believing the mainstream media rather than having a plan that will work either way. Right, right. And this is one of the things and, and why I respect you so much is because in, in the past recessions that we've had, you've actually you know, had strategies, very simple strategies that worked that actually people, well, most people were losing value in their portfolio. The people who worked with you actually gained value in their portfolios. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, these were not genius people. I mean, I'm, I respect them and I love them. Uh, I, you know, I almost like a mother hen now, but um, they were, you know, plumbers, uh, office administrators. It, sometimes someone would stop me in a restaurant and I would just draw a simple pie chart on the napkin and say, Do, try this, you know. Um, and of course, they were reading my books. That's why they stopped me in a restaurant. But um, it is easy as a pie chart. It does work. It is properly diversified. If the markets go up, you make money. If the markets go down, you protect your assets. So it's a little bit more difficult this time because we actually have an unprecedented recession and we have very low interest rates. So um, it is a little trickier to get safe, but we can do, do things about this. So I think it's really important to educate yourself. I think it's really important. Again, if there are four takeaways, if all of them are key and if I were you, I would do them all now as my primary job. Even if I were lucky enough to still be working full time, I would still make this a primary job, right size your budget, conserve your capital, make sure you can afford your home, do an equity check on your home, diversify and protect your nest egg and do not just drain your retirement dry to try to stay in your current situation. Mm-hmm. Because now, the odds that what's coming before us is going to be challenging is extremely high. No matter yeah. what industry you're in, even if you're in the medical care industry, um, there still are going to be a lot, a lot of things. Um, there are some things that may go down in uh, price, but a lot of things like even basic needs like food are expensive. Medical insurance, very, very expensive. Housing is still extremely expensive. So uh, the big ticket items are still very expensive, but cars are still very expensive. Although of course you can finance them for zero probably because they want you to buy that car, you know, because nobody's doing it. Right. Um, So we just have a couple of minutes before our next break. I just wanted to ask you specifically for like business owners, um, you know, one of the things that I, I see people doing is going after um, loan money now. Like they, they need to, they're going after, I'm not sure they necessarily need to, but they're going after these low, very low interest loans uh, to keep going. Meanwhile, they're negotiating with their, you know, commercial landlord because they're not using their office and stuff. But this is all money that they're eventually going to have to pay back. And yes. sometimes I think that people don't quite realize that, once we get to the point where things, I don't want to say normalize, because I think we're, we're, we're moving into just brand new territory, but I mean, eventually it's going to come to the point where you have to pay back all those loans. 
Yeah. Well, I think that actually taking uh, as much money as you can right now is not a bad idea uh, okay. because the PPP uh, loans, um, if you fought, dot your I's and cross your T's, will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And the small business loans are 1% and our payback time is over 30 years. So That's I do think that shoring up, like um, most businesses, most corporations right now are uh, adding to their war chest. So consider it a war chest. But the other side of the equation, should that just be go and turned over 100% to commercial real estate that you're not using. No, I think you really do have to take a look at your business. If your business is not going to survive the next six to 12 months, and you're just taking that loan to um, support a business that really needs to be rethought, I think mm-hmm. you have to do, I, if I were you, I would try to do both. Now, having said that, the the Paycheck Protection Plan the and the CARES Act, each one of these things does have certain things that you can or cannot do. And if you don't do them properly, then you're going to be in a different category than you know, a, a loan that's forgiven or one that's 1% for 30 years. So you have to balance that. But I think that um, a lot of small business owners, sadly, are finding themselves in position where in a post-pandemic world, their business plan might not be as viable. On the right. other hand, I'm seeing other entrepreneurial types. Um, my son just called me with a proposition that he and his friend are doing, and he lives in Hong Kong right now. And it sounds like one of the best ideas I've heard um, since, you know, uh, electric cars that Tesla was doing that was going to, you know, uh, be able to beat the Porsche in a, in a race. So um, it's a great idea. So there is opportunity because of the shift of our lives. You've seen, you're seeing that in Zoom technologies. You're seeing that in Beyond Meat. And uh, you're seeing that in uh, uh, restaurants that have pivoted to uh, being able to be drive through drive through restaurants are um, did not suffer nearly as much as anybody else in Santa Monica. We're seeing that restaurants have outdoor seating. The city has uh, enabled them to create outdoor seating on the street. They put pylons there because nobody's driving on the streets. Yeah. So you know you really have to be very creative if you think that your business model is good. Um, you know, uh, once you get past, uh, you know, all the phases of the shutdown, then think about what you're going to do between now and then, because if it's going to be zero income and you're going to burn through all your capital, then it it's not a good idea. Even if it, it'll work in a year, it might be a better idea to shut it down and then open it up again. Okay, great. So it's time for us to take our last break. When we come back, Um, I'm wondering if we can look in the crystal ball a little bit and see if you have any ideas of what you think things are going to be like in in the economy in the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, Um, just to give us an idea of what to what potentially we could expect. Of course, you know, nobody knows for certain, but just some ideas. Okay, wonderful, Natalie. Thank you so much. Uh, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Natalie Wynn Pace, author of the book The ABCs of Money, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. 
We've been speaking this hour with Natalie Winpace, financial expert, uh, financial literacy expert, and uh, author of the book, The ABCs of Money, and several other books as well. Um, and just uh, two things I want to mention real quick. Uh, first, if you're enjoying this show, if you think people need to hear it, please share the video on Facebook, share the podcast if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts or Google or Stitcher or Spotify, let people know. And I do see on the Facebook Live, uh, loyal listener William uh, is listening in. Hello, I see you came late. No worries, William. Glad you're with us. Um, and the other thing, too, is I did recently, in, around the conversation we're having, I did recently write a blog post on um, a, an article on LinkedIn called How I Pivoted My Business in Three Days. And uh, if you want to take a look, you know, just search for me, Sam Leibowitz, on LinkedIn, and you know, just look for that article, and uh, you'll see how I pivoted the, this whole station literally in a weekend when, when the shutdown came here in New York City. Um, so, Natalie, we, we have about eight minutes left to the show. Um, just looking at, and, and again, you get a lot of financial information, you get a lot of economic information. Where do you see things going? Have we like hit the bottom of or are things that are today as bad as they're going to get? Do you think do you think things are going to get worse before they get better? What what do you think we can expect? Um, okay, so we're in a recession. It's unprecedented. It's probably not going to be a, a V-shaped recovery. Many people think it might be what we call a W-shaped recovery. But I think that history can inform us, especially 21st century history. So I don't want to go too deep dive into data analytics, et cetera, but I think the big thing to take away is low interest rates create bubbles. And mm -hmm. when bubbles pop, the downturn is severe. And that is why we've seen real estate and stocks both drop um, severely. So in the last recession, on average, real estate dropped more than half and so did stocks. Now you might say, okay, well, is the stocks are high again. They're not as high as they were, although on the technology side, NASDAQ is higher than it was. So uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is not, not as high as it was, but it's, it's recovered quite a lot. That's because the feds have been buying up everything, but that's not going to happen forever. They can't use this toolbox forever. So what tends to happen in recessions is that over an 18 to 24 month period that um, the market will do its drop. And it's not like today, everybody was expecting that we were going to have this horrifically terrible GDP report, which is minus 32.9%. Unprecedented, the worst in history. But now they're saying, oh, but that's the worst. And look, the markets are still high. So everything's good, right? Well, not necessarily, because over the next 18 to 24 months, some of those companies that borrow too much money are going to have to restructure their debt. When debt is restructured, the stock goes to zero. The bond can go very badly as well. So the truth of the matter is that um, most recessions where the downturn in stocks and real estate comes are event driven. So we will see a company will declare bankruptcy and then the markets will fall. Another company will declare bankruptcy and people will freak out and the markets will fall. And that's going to happen. And it usually takes, again, about 18 to 24 months. So if the recession started in February of 2020, then you can expect between now and February 2022 that it's going to be a very rocky ride for stocks and that in general the trend would be down so you don't want to have over invested in stocks the sad thing is that bonds are doing just as badly because they were over leveraged 
over half of the S&P 500, is at the lowest rung just above junk bond status. So all of this loss of income has made a, a boatload of those perilous to downgrades like Ford Motor Company, which was downgraded to junk even before the Great Recession. So what I would say to you is that there is no alternative. You have to get properly diversified and you have to know what's safe in a world where bonds and money market funds are actually losing money. Money market funds are dangerous because they have redemption gates and liquidity fees. That means they can prevent you from getting your access to your money or they can charge you for access to your money. And that mm-hmm. is only going to happen if they get into trouble. Uh, but um, that happens in recessions is that money market funds can get into trouble. So I don't want to scare you. I want you rather to lead from wisdom rather than blind faith, rather than faith in a system that hasn't worked in the last two recessions and is unlikely to work in the next recession. In terms of real estate, um, people are tempted to buy because, again, the interest rates are so low, and you can get a decent, um, you know, uh, monthly more, you know, monthly payment. But again, if you buy a real estate high, even if you can afford it, and the value goes down significantly, then you could be really in trouble because it's underwater. Your FICO score gets into trouble because now your debt is much higher than your assets. So it's never a good idea to buy high. So be careful about buying high. And if you did buy real estate in the last couple of years, make sure that you're not just thinking, oh, real estate never goes down in my area. We've all heard people say that. Well, in New York, real estate's already dropped by 9%. Is it affordable yet? No. It, and most New Yorkers would have to spend 75% of their salary in order to buy something, even with a 9% drop. So, um, you know, things do become affordable. I remember very affordable prices right after 911. So, um, Again, we're not going to, you know, God forbid that we have worse than the pandemic. But um, there, there are a lot of companies that were over leveraged before we got into this. And the lack of income is a big problem for them. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, just keep in mind, and, and one of the statistics that I'm hearing a lot is people are starting to flee the cities. But they, I do believe eventually they will come back that, you know, like after 9-11, a lot of people left New York City because they didn't feel safe. But two years later, when they felt, you know, more secure, more safe, they did start coming back to the city. But now I've heard the latest figure I've heard is like close to 500,000 people have moved out of New York City. Now we have a city of eight, eight to 10 million people living in the area, you know, that, that's not insignificant. Um, but but uh, I, I, although prices have started to come down, I haven't seen a really sharp drop. Um, but uh, again, not knowing how long this economic downturn is going to go on for and, and what the recovery will look like. I mean, it seems to me, and we only got a couple of minutes left, that there's a lot of sharp up and downs. And it seems like there's a lot, especially in the last 20 years, there's a lot more volatility in the market. um, Whereas before it'd be, you know, you know, slow buildup to the highs and then losses and then slow buildup. Yeah, but there was never the over leverage that there is today. And that's why, because the basic thing is that we've had 20 years of low interest rates, low interest rates create Mm -hmm. bubbles. So before that, we did not have these kind of bubbleicious, bubble driven um, uh, economic expansions. So the bottom line is that real estate usually takes four years to hit its bottom. So the high for real estate was 2007, the low was 2011. So it doesn't happen fast. 
Many times it takes banks, sometimes it at least takes 90 days to foreclose. In a judicial foreclosure state, it can take three years to foreclose on a homeowner. So it does take a while for, in, for real estate to come down to affordability prices. And just when you think you're in the apocalypse, that might be the moment when we're starting the recovery. So stay tuned. And um, again, I hope that you can be a testament to your, you know, the people that are listening to you that it's not, it's not a boring you know boot camp and learning the abcs of money is fun and empower it's more it's actually a little bit i I always get that everybody's so surprised that it's so much more fun than they imagined you know and and actually i also love meeting some of the other people on on the in the boot camp that like also the community around it was very powerful so we're out of time natalie let people know how where can they find more information how do they get in touch with you how do they learn about the next boot camp Okay, so do go to nataliepace.com. And in fact, if you register for our October 3rd through 5th retreat, by Friday, you get the best price because our early bird pricing um, ends on July 31st. So again, nataliepace.com, there's a a banner ad there. If you click on it, you'll see the flyer for the ABC season money boot camp and um yeah call us 310-430-2397 or email info at nataliepace.com we'd love to have you it's online so you can join us from anywhere it's very affordable considering how much you have at risk if you don't learn how to protect your wealth wonderful thank you so much natalie i'm just putting your website into the the facebook live stream so people have it um, I highly recommend it. Again, I, I brought Natalie back on because I've gone through her boot camp myself. And if you want financial empowerment, this is one of the best ways to get it. So thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you, Natalie, for coming on board. And, and just to, to let you guys know what's coming up next week, because, you know, I like to have great people on here. I have the co-founder of the HeartMath Institute, which is an amazing organization. We're going to learn about it as well as what else he's been doing since he co-founded it. So I hope you'll tune in for that. Please stay tuned. Coming up next is uh, Ken Foster and his show, Voices of Courage. Later this afternoon, Antonia with her show, So Now You Know. And this evening, Graham Dobbins and his show, The Mind Behind Leadership. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.